Hey guys, good morning. Uh, great to see you guys today. And obviously, probably many of us are quite excited today because tomorrow, tomorrow's a big day, right? Hopefully we can hang out indoors, um, which I'm very excited for. Yesterday I sat outside a restaurant whilst it was literally chucking it down with rain and there was no cover. So I'm, I very much feel more ready for that after last night. But it's going to be really exciting, but it is also going to be challenging, isn't it? Because now we've got to the point where actually a lot of this is going to come down to what each of us feel comfortable with. And let's be honest with each other for a moment. It actually, over the last year, it's quite easy for that sometimes to trickle over into judgment of one another. And I've definitely noticed that in myself, particularly where I apply one level of judgment to me and then maybe another level of judgment to someone else. And a good example of this is take the supermarket one-way system that we've had for a, for a little while. When I'm abiding by that, and, uh, and I see someone coming up the other way. I'm like, I see you. I see what you're doing over there. And, uh, and look at them. But then even sometimes within the same shopping day, I get to the point where I need to go up one of those hours. I'm like, oh, well, I am in a bit of a rush. And, uh, you know, I'm sure it's okay. No one's really up there. And a bit of a confession. I don't know if anyone else has done this. I have actually walked backwards up some of the one-way aisles. Has anyone else done that? I know Susie has because we've talked about it. Maybe it's just me and Susie, a few other people. Because for some weird way in our minds, that's more acceptable. Obviously, that's ridiculous. But um, <laughs> but we all know, don't we, that this isn't something that's just unique to COVID. This isn't like a, a new thing, um, even if it has maybe been a bit more obvious. But it crops up in every area of our lives. So driving is another good example. So for me, I will quite happily beep my horn at anyone who cuts me up uh, does something that I deem irresponsible and I feel like they need to know that they've done something wrong. Um, whereas when someone beeps at me, I am shocked and I'm like, whoa, chill out. Like, what's the big deal? Why are you getting so upset? Um, I don't know if any of you feel like that at all. Or probably one of the biggest fails for me um, in this area, which I have shared this story a few years ago, so some of you might know this, but we, we used to live in some flats in Beeston and everyone had their own parking spot. And I was pretty protective of our parking spot. If anyone parked there, um, I was not happy with it. Um, but then we found ourselves in a situation where we needed an another space for a week because some family were there and we were going away with them. So I moved our car into a another space that I genuinely didn't think was, was being used. Then a, a week later, we came back to a little note on the car just saying, really sorry, I think you've parked in my space. Are you okay to move? And I felt a little bit bad, but didn't really think much about it. And it was a Sunday that we got back. So I went to church that evening and... That night, I was stood over there in the connect area and someone came up to me with a big smile on their face. And they were like, hello, I've been meaning to introduce myself to you for ages. I live in the same group of flats as you. And, um, and I've seen you around, but not got around to saying hello yet. So I just wanted to introduce myself. And you might be able to see where this is going. But we started chatting and for some reason, and I have no idea to this day why this question came out of my mouth, but I asked the question, oh, which parking space is yours? And uh, it's not a good conversation, is it? It's not an interesting question, but I asked it. And straight away, she was like, oh, mine's uh, number 21, but someone's actually been parking my space all week. And, and I have to commute really far to work. And so um, it's been a little bit inconvenient. And you can imagine in my head, I was like, oh, no. Like, what are the chances of all of the Sundays for us to first meet of all the spaces and this has happened? And I would love to say to you that I immediately confessed and apologised. But I just moved the conversation on. Um, <laughs> And, late, and I did go home feeling pretty guilty and I did apologise to her later and she was extremely gracious, so I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for that. But I think that is a good example for me of, of my double standards sometimes. And you know, we can obviously joke about all of these different things, but I know for me, I find it far too easy 
to make snap decisions about people, uh, to make assumptions, to criticise people, and essentially to look at people in judgment sometimes. I know that that comes too easily to me, and I don't hold myself to the same standards that I often hold for other people. And in different ways, I'm sure that's, that's probably a challenge for all of us. But I really believe that the heart of Jesus for his church is that we would be the kind of people who with our friends, with our families, with work colleagues, every situation we're in, we would be the kind of people who offer mercy rather than judgment. We'd be the kind of people who offer love instead of contempt or criticism or something like that. And in fact, the Barna Group, uh, they're an organisation which does a load of research into things to do with faith. And a few years ago, they did um, some research into words that people who don't go to church, that they would use to describe Christians. And two of the top words, these were right up at the top, two of the top words were judgmental and hypocritical. Let's just pause there for a second and just, just think about that. That we as the church, are potentially believed by many people to be the kind of people who actually make people feel judged and then don't necessarily hold ourselves to the same standard, which is heartbreaking, isn't it? Because we don't need to think about that for very long to know that that is so far from the person of Jesus. And so I know for me, I've got a long way to go with this. I don't know about you, but the almost ironic thing today is some of you might be feeling judged right now by me because I'm speaking about this. And it's actually possible for me to speak about being judgmental in a judgmental way. Or it might be the reverse. Some of you might be judging me. It might be like, well, who's Ollie to be talking about this? Like, why should he be talking to me about this? And it's possible to receive a talk on judgment in a judgmental way. So let's just make a deal. Let's just give each other a lot of grace. Um, and, and just see what Jesus has to say about this. So we're going to be taking a look um, in the Bible at Matthew chapter 7. And we're going to look at that in a second. But before we get to the verse itself, something that's super important to know is that uh, chapters five to seven are often known as the Sermon on the Mount. And if you've read the Sermon on the Mount before, sometimes you'll know it can seem a little bit full on. Like Jesus says things like, you have heard it say, uh, don't murder. But I say to you, don't even get angry. Um, or he says to people like, love your neighbour. Uh, no, you may have heard it said, sorry, love your neighbour. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. And it's easy to hear it and or to read it and think, flip, this is pretty full on. I'm not sure I can live up to these standards that Jesus is setting. And the good news is actually that's kind of the point. Jesus isn't just laying down a whole bunch of new rules and laws for people to abide by. He's kind of painting a picture. And he's saying, this is what a group of people who have decided to follow me and who have allowed themselves to be shaped by my Holy Spirit, this is what those people could look like. And so in light of that, let's jump into one of these nice full-on passages. So Matthew chapter 7, uh, we're going to work our way through it, just verse 1 and 2 initially. So it says, Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way as you judge others, you will be judged. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you. So one of those nice and easy ones, and we'll pick it up again in a second. But like I said, this is the Sermon on the Mount. So it's not just Jesus introducing these rules. It's him inviting us to go in this direction with him. And so he says, do not judge or you too will be judged. And this is like the initial summary of what Jesus goes on to talk about. And although it does sound a bit full on, when you think about it, there's a degree of logic to it, isn't there? Like if we look on in judgment towards someone else, then to a certain extent, it's only fair that that is then returned to us, that we too will be judged. And it can actually end up becoming this like divisive cycle where two parties maybe stand at a distance and judge 
one another because they know that they're being judged. So they're like, well, if, I'm, if you're judging me, then I'm going to judge you. And Jesus is like pulling the veil back a little bit on what we do when we, when we think we have the right to judge people. That not only are we having a negative impact on those around us, but we're also feeding this like mindset and this culture of judgment. And it's almost like Jesus saying, guys, surely there's got to be a better way than this because judgment just leads to more judgment and more judgment. Like surely there's got to be a better way than that. And for me, I, I vividly remember the moment where I realised that this like tendency to judge had become quite unhealthy in me and it was about four or five years ago now and for a little while I had kind of been feeling this inner judge this inner critic just becoming a little bit louder and a little bit louder and then one day I was actually in this auditorium at a conference and it was in the middle of worship and I can remember everyone around me was worshipping and I was just stood there feeling bitter and Basically, what I was doing is I was looking at the people around me and I was looking at the people on stage and internally I was just judging them and I was criticising them. And to be clear, the people up here, they were great. There was nothing wrong with them. There was something going on in me. And for some reason, this tendency to criticise and to judge had like, in a weird way, I was trying to make myself feel better by like judging them. And ironically, I was actually making myself feel worse. And I got to this point where I kind of realised what I was doing, you know, when you have one of those moments when you, you realise what's going on internally, and I was like, whoa, this is not healthy. This is, and it's also not fun. And for me, it was a big moment when I realised that when I assume this role of judgement over other people, not only does it push other people away from me, but it actually also damages me. And, you know, I, I still have a long way to go with this, but I feel like over the last couple of years, I've begun to see the warmth in these words of Jesus rather than any harshness. Because the reality is, guys, life feels better when you're not criticising and judging other people. Like, that's definitely what I've learned to be true. And like I say, I've still got a long way to go with this, but I feel like many bits in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus knows, he knows this. He knows what judgment looks like and he is inviting us to be shaped by him and to live differently because of it. So what solution does he offer? Well, the next little bit, um, verse three onwards, it says this. It says, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First, take the plank out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. So Jesus is trying to make a point, Right? He doesn't literally mean that your problems are like that much bigger than someone else's problems. Like he's not looking around and saying, you, you've got like sawdust shaped problems. Like you've probably got like a plank. Um, don't get me started on the like pile of logs that Ollie has got over there. Like he's not, he's not doing that. What he's trying to do is he's trying to turn our attention away from looking at someone else to looking at ourselves. And that's why I love the questions that Jesus asks sometimes because he initially just asks Why? Like, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in someone else's eye? Like, Jesus actually acknowledges they do have a problem. They've got a speck in their eye. He doesn't deny that. But his question is, like, why does that get to you? Like, why is it so important? And to a certain extent, why is it that what you see in them is bringing these feelings up in you? Like, what's going on there? And if we're honest, that's quite challenging, isn't it? Because we convince ourselves sometimes that we're just, trying to, we're just trying to help or that our motives are good. But actually, for anyone that's been on the receiving end of judgment, they can tell you that it often doesn't actually feel like that. 
And so why do we do it? Like, why do we sometimes just criticize and judge others? Oh, just messed up my notes. Um, Well, I think sometimes it's just a strange way of us trying to make ourselves feel a little bit better. Sometimes it's because we, we feel a bit like insecure, we feel threatened by someone and so that's the way we respond. Sometimes we don't even know why we're doing it, but for some reason we're like putting ourselves above somebody else. And that is kind of what Jesus is getting here. He's asking us to look in the mirror and he's saying, before you worry about them, let me do something in you. Let me work in you. And there was an author uh, many years ago called G.K. Chesterton, some of you might have heard of him. And apparently at one point, the Times newspaper, they wrote out um, to a load of authors and they said, um, what is wrong with the world today? That was the question that they asked. And G.K. Chesterton, he wrote back just with these four words. He just said, dear sirs, I am. And the reason that Jesus says, first take the plank out of your own eye, is because he knows that once we are actually more aware of the fact that we haven't got it all sorted ourselves, it actually makes us far better candidates to love and serve other people. And actually our tendency to judge people could be the plank that's kind of in our eye in the first place. And this applies to every area of our lives. We will all be faced with different situations and relationships where this feels particularly hard. In friendships or marriages or families or in our workplaces. But the only way that we can actually, as a church, be really good at loving and serving other people is if we deep down know that actually we haven't got it sorted ourselves. So who in your life do you need to extend love rather than judgment to? Where might that be something for you? Maybe your working environment is just really hard for this. Your boss or your colleague or just the culture that you work in, it might be really hard. Or maybe at some point you have been deeply wounded yourself. And actually sometimes these things can come out of the place of our own wounds where we've been hurt. We decide to then take it out on someone else or gossip. Like gossip can be so damaging and we can dress it up in different words and sometimes we can be a bit sarcastic or we can be like, oh, I was only joking. But actually, if we're putting ourselves in a position where we think we're better than someone else, then Jesus, he's got, he's got more for that, more for us than that and he's inviting us to live differently. And so many of our relationships, they work on the basis, don't they, of like, I'll be nice to you if you're nice to me. But when we view this passage in light of the whole of Scripture, we realise actually this isn't just good advice that Jesus is giving. This is the gospel. Like the gospel says that all of us in this room and beyond, we all need Jesus and none of us are exempt from that. And rather than Jesus judging us on that basis, he actually went above and beyond to love us and to free us from judgment rather than to bring it on us. And now he asks us to do the same, to be the kind of people that will live that out. And to a certain extent, just like Jesus, this requires us to lay down our rights and to sacrifice and to love other people. Because Jesus, he is concerned with loving and redeeming every individual that we come come across, both inside and outside of the church. And actually, our judgment, whether that's an internal or an external voice, rarely actually adds to that, does it? It rarely actually helps in that process. There was a guy um, I used to know who, to be honest, I found him pretty hard work. Uh, he, he just really, you know, when he wound me up the wrong way and um, I, I found it quite hard to be around in that kind of thing. And then one point I found myself in a situation where he was sharing his story. He was like sharing his, his life story. And to be honest, it was heartbreaking for like multiple different reasons. 
And I found myself in tears, partly because of his story, but partly also because I was pretty convicted because I was like, flip, I have no idea what it would be like to go through what he's been through. Like none whatsoever. And yet I have been judging him and making assumptions about him. And I only, I only knew that by actually getting close enough to get to know him, I guess. You know, this isn't easy for any of us. I'm not making it out like it is. But more than ever, as we come out of lockdown and we get to this little phase where the temptation is going to be there for every single one of us, how do we model this? How do we do it? Because it's not going to come naturally. I really don't think it will. There's an author called um, Parker Palmer. He says this. He says, true community is the place where the person you least want to live with always lives. Like that's actually true community. It wouldn't be if they weren't there. And so we'll, we'll, we'll probably never be free from the temptation to judge others. I think that's probably always going to be there. And I'm sure at many times, if you're like me, we probably will slip into it at times. But Jesus, he just asked of us, will we come to him and say, Lord, is there something you want to do in me? Not in them, but in me. And can you imagine a life like free from this, like free from criticising others, free from judging others? It'd be amazing. Because the feelings that we feel when we want to judge other people, they may actually be the thing that God wants to work on, maybe even today. And almost like slightly weirdly, the stronger we feel in these situations may mean actually it's more likely that there's something going on in us that may be the problem. But also some of you today, it may be you're watching at home, it may be that you're here, you actually feel like you've been really judged at some point and it hurt. And even coming here today, you've thought, if I feel at all judged today, I am not coming back. And I guess I just want to say I'm really sorry that at some point you have felt judged. And I hope today you, you feel welcomed by us, welcomed by Jesus. And we're so glad that you're here. Because for all of us, there will be people in our lives who right now, they need to know how much God loves them. They need to know how much he's for them. They need to know how much he, he wants them to know that. But for some reason right now, they wouldn't necessarily feel welcome here. They think that if they come, they're just going to be judged because of a lifestyle or an addiction or because of how they look or because of something they've done or a whole list of things. And if that research from earlier on, if that's correct, then they would come and they would probably be expecting judgment and they would be expecting hypocrisy. And so the question is, how can we at Trent and each of us individually, how can we make sure that that's not the case, that they are met with love? Dallas Willard, he, he put it this way. He said, when faced with starvation, crime, economic disasters and difficulties, loneliness, alienation and war, the church should be the certified authority that the world looks to for answers on how to live. So Jesus said to his disciples, and now he says to us, like, let's take the plank out of our own eyes. Don't worry about them. Like today, what about you? What do I want to do in you? And for those of us in this room and watching online, Let's, let's seek to live differently. Let's seek to actually go in this direction with Jesus like he's invited us to and allow him to shape us and for us to model his love to the world around us.